Hi, it's Dr. Jenny. I want to welcome you to the latest edition of my Health Hacks podcast. This week, we're talking about immune health. It's such a hot topic now. You're hearing about it everywhere. And usually when you hear about it, you hear someone say, you should take this much vitamin C or this much vitamin D or whatever the case might be. And while I definitely think there's a place for that, I want to talk about immune health in general and why it's about more than just popping pills. So um, let's look at at that and, and break that down a little bit. And don't misunderstand me. I, I do think that having sufficient levels of nutrients overall is important, but I think sometimes we get conditioned into thinking that, um, when we're not feeling well, we need to intervene with something like a vitamin C or a vitamin D. And, and that's really not any better thinking than what the the medical community is pushing on us of, oh, you get sick, you take this drug. Well, you can use supplements the same way as that too. So what I want to do is just challenge us to to think about this a little bit differently, not to be reactionary thinkers, but think proactively. We we think of, oh, we have a symptom. So we want to know which vitamin or which medicine or whatever that we can take to mitigate that symptom. And I really think a better question to be asking is how do we build true health? Because when we do that, when we build true health, we don't get sick. (laughs) So let's dive in. Um, a, A great discussion in this arena in immune health revolves around two distinct thought processes. We have on one hand, something called the germ theory. And that is just simply suggesting that we are getting sick because we're exposed to germs. Germs are essentially the quote unquote bad guys and they need to be avoided. And so that that's the model that has hand sanitizers everywhere. Wear a mask everywhere you go. Make sure you're not exposed to this, that, and the other thing. Stay inside. Isolate from everybody. Take an antibiotic every time you think you might need one for anything, regardless of whether it's really a bacterial infection that you need an antibiotic for or not. And so that, that's on one end of the spectrum. And then the other is the, the terrain theory. And this theory is what suggests that you're getting sick because your body's not as healthy as it could be. And it's, it's this analogy of your body being like a garden. Weeds pop up and plants fail to thrive because the soil is not rich in the nutrients that it needs and it's not in the best condition to support healthy plants. So if we look at our body the same way, we can take this analogy and and use it for our health. And what we want to do is we want to put our emphasis on improving our terrain. And so I, I am in the camp of terrain theory. And and I've studied this a lot, especially in the context of um, cancer. And cancer is the ultimate failure of the immune system because your immune system is what is meant to um, stop and shut down cancerous growths all the time. So it, th- there's there's big research into that. And, and it, I think it's very promising that we, we really need to cultivate an environment where cancer doesn't grow or where disease doesn't flourish because our bodies are healthy. So this, this is just a, a paradigm shift in the way we're, we're thinking. The germ theory is very reactionary and symptom-based. Terrain theory is all about being proactive, cultivating a healthy body, and 
not having symptoms show up in the first place because our environment is good. And if we go back to that garden analogy, we'll see that the germ theory is, would say, oh, well, when you get weeds in your garden, you pull them up and then you throw a little bit of fertilizer on sickly looking plants and they just green up and look good. The terrain theory says, let's keep weeds from growing in the first place. Let's water the soil adequately and condition the soil. We're using things like compost and um, soil amendments and things like that to really change the quality of what your plants are growing in. And the theory behind that is if your soil is healthy, so will your plants be. Well, that is so true in your body as well. If we don't think differently, we're going to fail to harness the power of true healing and building our health from the inside out. Our bodies were 100% made to fight off disease and our immune systems are the way we do that. So having said that, there are a number of reasons why our immune systems don't don't do what they're supposed to do. And so here, here are a list of the things that you can do to create this healthy terrain and, and sort of change the environment so that your immune system is the strongest that it can be. So the, the things that you can be doing are cutting out sugar. This is by far the most important thing you can do. Consume, consu if you consume sugar in an amount that exceeds 75 grams, and that sounds like a really high amount, but think about it, a can of soda and a candy bar, a Starbucks latte with a muffin, a donut and a cup of coffee with sugar and those flavored creams that have a ton of sugar in them. That that's 75 grams that will hinder your white blood cells ability to fight off bacteria and virus. So sugar is in everything. You've got to read the label and stick to real whole foods that are not processed. So real things like vegetables, fruits, proteins, healthy fats. And then that leads right into consuming a diet high in nutrients. This means focusing on lots of non-starchy vegetables, especially the kind that are green, leafy, and cruciferous. So that would be broccolis, kales, cabbages, cauliflower, spinach. Try to eat a nice big salad every day. So you're going to want limited amounts of fruit and especially sticking to the ones that are lowest in sugar like berries. You're going to want high quality pastured, grass-fed, organic meats, eggs. And if you consume dairy, make sure that that is the same, that it's um, organic dairy. Consume healthy fats, coconut products, grass-fed butter, nuts, avocados, um, things like that. If you do this, you'll start to find that there's less room to consume these less healthy, high carb and high sugar foods. And you're also going to want to start to eliminate most of the grains in your diet, things like breads and um, cracker cereal, those kinds of things, because those convert quickly to sugar. And small amounts of things like rice, quinoa, oats, they're, they're usually okay, but you, you want to limit those as much as possible. So um, I, I wouldn't be eating them every day. And if you have any blood sugar handling problems, which a lot of people do, you probably just want to cut those things out and, and stick more to just the, the proteins, the veggies and fruit and healthy fats. Get enough sleep. Many Americans get less than the recommended amount of sleep, which is at least seven hours per night. So that's really the bare minimum required by most people to ensure that their health is, is good and flourishing. 
most adults need somewhere in the range of seven to nine hours to feel their best. Um, everybody's a little different there, but um, that's kind of a general rule. In addition, make sure you're sleeping in a cool, dark room without a distraction like your phone or a tablet or the TV playing in the background. Um, those emit this um, type of radiation called blue light um, radiation, and that just really disrupts your sleep patterns. And the best sleep you're going to get is between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m. So as much as you can, you want to be asleep during that whole time. That's the most restorative sleep. Let's talk about exercise. So 30 to 45 minutes a day on about five days a week is the magic number for most people. And what that's gonna do is help elevate your body temperature. So if, if you break a good sweat and you really raise your body temperature, sometimes you can combat viruses and bacteria just by raising your body temperature. The same holds true of the use of an infrared sauna. That That's the, the beauty behind that, you just get in there and sweat those things out. <laughs> um, exercise also helps to decrease stress. So both of those things, elevated body temperature and decreased stress are things that will help you fight off potential infections that you might be starting to come down with. Just the, the caveat with exercise is, is just don't overdo it. So if some is good, more is not necessarily better. There is a sweet spot. And that 30 to 45 minutes a day, five days a week, most days a week in that range, that is the sweet spot. If, if you're going to overdo it, you're going to run a marathon or you're going to work out for two hours a day, things like that, you can actually start to suppress your immune system because you it, it's a stress. You create oxidative free radical damage as you're doing that. So we, we want to we do right with exercise, but we don't want to overdo it. And a great way to maximize um, your benefit with exercise is to use something called high-intensity interval training or HIIT workouts. And that's where you're going to mix up cardiovascular strength and mobility all in one workout. And the reason that I love this so much is because it really is the biggest bang for your buck. So that's not to say that um, cardiovascular exercise doesn't have a place or just pure strength or pure flexibility training. But really, for most people, they're, they say time is an issue for them. So, you know, three 30-minute workouts where they are combining all of those things in a week. So say Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, you do some kind of HIIT workout where you're, you've got strength components, you're getting your heart rate up, breaking a sweat, and then you've got some mobility range of motion type stuff to work on your flexibility. That's fabulous. Then on another, um, say two days a week, you're going to add in some walking, jogging, cycling, or something like that just to, um, condition your cardiovascular system. So that's how I advise most people to, to do it. The, the other thing you can do is vitamin D. So this, you know, I was saying we, we want to talk about things we can do other than just using supplements. I, I find that most people benefit from being on a vitamin D supplement. You can get enough vitamin D from the sun, but most people just frankly are not outside for 15 to 30 minutes a day. And the darker your skin, the more time you are going to require to absorb what you need to create um, adequate vitamin D levels. So, you know, are, are you outside 20 minutes a day? 
probably not. People just, unfortunately, we, we don't do that very often. And we slather on sunscreen every time we walk out the door. So we want to also make sure that even though I'm not advocating, you know, laying outside with baby oil slathered all over you, like unfortunately I used to do when I was way younger, because that's what we did in the eighties. But, um, you know, and that, that was a bad deal, but can you go outside and for 15, 20, 30 minutes a day and just soak in some really great vitamin D? Yeah, that that's great. Take a walk, go for a jog, ride your bike. You're killing two birds with one stone that way. Um, but supplementally, most people need vitamin D and, and I do a lot of nutrient testing on people. I always test their vitamin D levels because there's so much research that says that we need to have it up. And you know, most functional medicine providers, including myself, will tell you that 50 to 80 is a good range for that. When you run your vitamin D levels, most people I see are in the 20s and 30s, which is too low. And so we, I have a little formula and I plug it in and we say you need to take this much for this long and then we re need to retest you and we'll find out what you need to do moving forward to, to maintain that. But um, that's just a, a something I believe is really important. And there's a lot of research on that um, with everything from not getting sick as often to reducing the risk of breast cancer and things like that. So um, if you are a frequent listener or you read my blog, I have a, a post on vitamin D and breast cancer. So if you're a woman, I think you should read that and share it with everyone you know, because it's just really important. Um, ensure overall good nutrient status. So vitamin D is one of the things that we, we need to look at, but, um, you know, what, what else do we not have enough of? If we look at nutrients as building blocks that help us perform the chemical reactions in our body that keep us healthy, then it, it makes sense that anytime we're, we're super low on a nutrient, we don't have what we need to do the thing that requires that vitamin, whether it's um, methylation, you're talking about some B vitamins there, whether it's immune function, you're talking about vitamin C, whether it's, you know, antioxidants, you're talking about fueling the energy production or Krebs cycle. Um, so I, I just, I, I love to do nutrient testing with people because it's so eye-opening and we, we just catch things before they become a big major problem. Our, our first inclination in our conditioning is to think, well, if everything's fine, I don't need to worry about it. But, you know, it takes time for, for disease to to take root and show up, you know, 15 plus years in some cases. So if, if we can identify, Hey, you have this deficiency now, if you don't correct that, it becomes this, do you want to just go ahead and start correcting that now? That that's what nutrient that that's the, the value and the, the big win with that. And, you know, I, I truly believe that a healthy diet should be where we get our, the bulk of our nutrition. But having said that, I believe that it's just becoming impossible to get everything we need from our food. We just have a different food production process than we used to. We're, we're not eating the food the day it's picked or the next day. Um, our soil is depleted. And I, I will tell you this, every single person that I run a micronutrient test on shows up deficient in something. And, and it's different, you know, we're all very different. So I could live in the same house, like my husband and I have both run ours. And even though we're eating a lot of the same things and doing a lot of the same lifestyle things, our deficiencies are so different because we are unique.
And so, um, you know, this is where that I make the recommendation to work with a functional health professional to get that, get that nutrient, um, baseline of where are you? And, um, if you visit my website, Dr. Jenny, drjeni.com. There's a little button that says schedule a connection call. If you want to find out more about this, that that's what those kind of calls are for. Let's let's have a short conversation and see if if I can help you and and you know, is this something that you think would would benefit you and your health? And um if if you're looking to maximize a healthy immune system because that's what we're talking about here, the key players for immune health are vitamin D, like we just discussed, vitamin C, and moderate amounts of zinc. So when I say moderate, I mean somewhere around the 20 milligram a day mark. You, you really just don't want to overload zinc because zinc, copper, and iron all have a nice symbiotic balance going on. And I, one of the things that I've seen in the last year and a half, because we're out there telling everybody to take zinc is I, I've actually seen a lot of imbalance in copper and some imbalance in iron. So what, what you want to do is make sure th there's a ratio, one part zinc, th there's a one to 15 ratio between copper and zinc. So every time you're taking zinc, you have to keep this, this balance in check. And I, I have a multivitamin. I, I create a, a lot of my own supplements and that that's what I do is if you're, if you're using that, I know you're getting the balance between the copper and the zinc. It has a little bit of iron in it too. If you're a woman, if you're a man, we, we talk about, you know, do you need that and things like that. But, um, you know, just, just know that you can actually overdo, all things. And, and zinc is one that I I've seen kind of be, we're tipping the scales in the wrong direction with copper because of our high dosing of zinc. Now, um, one of the things you can do is take higher doses of zinc. If you feel something coming on, like, you know, gosh, I'm getting a sore throat, or I just feel like I have this cough or I'm feeling really run down. You can short term use a little bit higher dose of zinc. Um, and, and there's no problem with that, but, um, th there's really not a good reason to, to do super high doses unmitigated with, um, copper for over the long term. And, um, I have some immune packs that I've created that have that right dose of that. So again, if you have a question about that, um, either send me a message on my website or just schedule a free consultation call and I'll, I'll tell you how to, how to get those. I create them, um you know, I, I custom make them. So they have everything I want, not the things that I don't want. <laughs> and, um, they've, I've had really good feedback on those. So, um, you know, most people are already taking vitamin C, vitamin D, um, zinc, all those kinds of things. So you might as well take one that's in the right ratios and in the right amounts that I believe are appropriate for most people. And then, um, let's talk about intermittent fasting. So intermittent fasting you know, several, there are several ways to do intermittent fasting. And I think we're going to have to have a big conversation on this because I, I love it and there's different ways to use it. Um, but the most common way to 
to perform intermittent fasting is to restrict your eating to an eight hour window where you fast for 16 hours and eat for eight. And it doesn't, the hours don't matter. Some people do better skipping dinner. Some people do better skipping lunch, whatever works for you, just do it. Um, but this can help regulate your glucose levels. And because high levels of insulin suppress immune function, this really can have a profound effect on your health. And this goes kind of hand in hand with eating a lower sugar diet. It's the same idea. Sugar is just not good for us. So whether you're eating a low sugar diet or you're not eating at all, you don't have a lot of sugar floating around to feed cancerous growths and shut down your immune system. And then extended fasting, and, and I'm talking about 24 hours or more over that 24 hour mark, they can have a really powerful effect on immune health. And what happens here is there's something called autophagy or cell death that starts to, your body just goes into like Pac-Man mode where it starts munching up all of the things that shouldn't be there. And it can do that because it doesn't have to devote resources to digesting food and things like that. So this is where harmful cells like cancer cells are killed off because the body can, can do that is in a place where it has that, um, energy to, to allocate to that, to that process. And, um, there's a lot of, um, talk about this in, when you're dealing with major illness and disease processes, things like cancer and, and those kinds of things. So, um, you know, I just wanted to present it in the context of if, if you're looking for a few strategies to, to start implementing to really not only transform your immune health, but all areas of your health, that's it. You know, we talk about eating a low sugar, low carbohydrate, healthy, nutrient rich diet, taking a few strategic supplements, getting enough sleep, using some intermittent fasting, getting fresh air, get outside, exercise. You start doing those things and suddenly you are really a lot healthier than than you would be if you didn't do those things. So anyway, I hope that you found this um, hopeful. I, I love this topic and I um, am just glad to be talking about that. So uh, reach out to me if you have any questions. Uh, the website is drjenny, D-R-J-E-N-I.com. Thanks for listening.